appreciating what you're posting <laughs> if you do that. It's going to so, be great. I'm really looking for because I've been to Chicago and I didn't do that. And I feel like if you do it, when you do it, that's just, it's going to be the end for me. <laughs> Finding is everything. Yeah. It is. It was fantastic. I mean, we didn't catch him compromised or anything, but it was really good. So. Well, that's because I can, I have eyes. I can see when it starts. <laughs> All right. Welcome us to the podcast. Okay. Director. Oh, yes. I should change my name, shouldn't I? <laughs> Again. Okay. Yeah. You, it, you got it earlier. I undid but, it. Yeah. I undid yeah. it. Um, our, our broadcasting tool had an update, which meant that nobody could hear each other or talk until we did the update. So we had to relaunch it. Yay. We are professionals. professionals. Yeah. We figured it tell. out. We totally didn't take all of our prep time to bitch about the subreddit and the state it's in instead of, you know, prep yeah. the show. <laughs> None whatsoever. So starved for content that uh, it's distracting. Hold on. Anyway. Mouse. No, sorry. Couldn't help it. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Here's my gerbil. Its name is Maggie. Sorry. Uh, no, anyway, it's, it's so welcome to the 34th episode about cold days. <laughs> the book that never really ends. And why would you ever want it to? I Look, we got to lampoon ourselves because I jokingly said it was going to take five shows, but this is literally episode five. right? I thought we were joking days. about seven and I still think that's. Well, kind of... I had to push it out once we got to three because there was no way we were going to finish it in two more, especially last time we it took us. Like we talked about three chapters last episode, I think. We we got through five, but we spent okay. like forty minutes on three chapters and then we zoomed to through two of them and then it's like Right. Okay. But to be fair, Cold Days really has like almost more expose and world building than any other single book, right? Yeah. So this is one of the books where all of the other storylines that he's been building up for fourteen books are colliding. Right. They coalesce into their own thing. We don't really get a ton of answers in, in a way, right? Like we get a ton of information, but not something where it's like, oh man, I see the writing on the wall per se. We find out that Nemesis is actually running around doing stuff. Honestly, like in this book, we don't even find out that like Cal and Kumari are behind it because I think we don't find that out until Zude for crying out loud. And so like we still, there's a lot of other information where it's like, okay, yes, we're starting to get some of the actual players uh, behind things, but we still don't know what's going on. And then skin games, mostly like a fun heist with a fair bit of world building as well. But you know, like, yeah, cold days is just a lot to chew on. Um, so yeah, and then peace talks is going to be the ultimate world building. Cause not only does everything happen in it, but all the uh, members are showing up. Right. It, it's going to, it's going to be nuts. Like we should just do like a highlight episode per player. Right. We'll be like, this is mm. engine Joe's episode. We should actually probably do this. This is everything that happened though. to him. Cause the news is that it actually went out to the publishers. It's now officially. Yay. Done. And that Marsters has signed up to do the uh, audio book, which was anticipated, but now we have actual news. confirmation oh. from him and from the publisher, right? So the stories that Jim was telling when he was uh, touring for other, like for briefcases, is that Marsters was also ribbing on Jim for not having peace talks done already. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I think Marsters wants that job and is doing it because he wants to read the book faster. I was going to say not only he actually does enjoy the job from mm-hmm. everything that I've seen and heard, but he is actually a fan too. Uh, like I think that's yeah a huge part of it. He he wants it not it's sure he's going to get paid, but it, he wants to know what the fuck happens. You know. So. Yeah. Don't but, we all? 
the statements that we cannot afford Marsters because he demands such a high price. He's doing this job because he wants to. And I think there were stories that um, he got teary eyed in skin game. Yes. So yeah, he definitely is. He wants this job and it's good because we want him to do it. Right. There, a lot of the stuff with Maggie uh, especially seems to get him. So Mm -hmm. when he records it, yeah, you know, I th- I think it was Skin Game where he talked about having to take like a two hour break or something like that. Yeah. It was just like, I need a minute, you know. So, yeah. all right. So cold days. We um, left in the middle of chapter thirty eight, right after the glacier making rising of the warehouse that was collapsed on them. Right. So they're going back to Molly's apartment. Yeah, it's one of those exposition moments in between the fighting scenes. Yay. I was going to say, this is where I think they get into the particulars about her apartment, right? Particulars? No, no, about how she bought with honor and this, that, and the other thing. I I thought that that didn't happen. Was it before? Because, like, there's there's a moment where dude brings the car around and it's like, uh, what's what's the Spurf Nebelin's name? Um, Fuck you. Now I can't remember. Mr. It's Mr. E something, but I can't yeah. remember. Like uh, the what, name Etchery. There you go. Thank you. So, so yeah. So it's like Mr. Etchery's personal vehicle. It's gone through his personal security measures, which means it was run under a waterfall and all this other stuff. Which, by the way, just makes them even more badass. Like the way that they kind of sell them and that they they trade in honor kind of makes sense, anyways, from like a fairy standpoint. But it just sounds cool and fun. Hmm. Etchery was pretty cool in. Um, you know, in bombshells. Yeah. I was trying to think I got hooked up because I was trying to think if he was in, um, in the other story with the kids. Uh, I think that was a different, um, a different one, but, uh, with the bullying, right. Where, uh, it was the bit, one of the Bigfoot stories, wasn't it? Yeah. The first um, so, there was a sort of there, but it, it wasn't Etri. Right. It was just one no. of them that had been contracted. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so just like, but their, their people for lack of a better word are just fun when they come in because mm-hmm. as opposed, like they're not the, you know, Mad Hatter murder hobos, right? Like you get from Leah and her ilk, they're more like, you know, the calculated, you know, murder hobos that, <laughs> you know, it just, they're, they're kind of badasses, I guess. Yeah. But they are the ones that created the powerful Norse weapons of the stories it was came from the Svartels. right right yeah and i mean the story of it is that they had gotten kind of tricked and, and a little bit but they were repaying a debt they are very good at straddling the bit of that is fairy and that is norse mm. they mix it so well like the cold calculating like honor is super important and it matches the fairies very well right right no they did say Mab was on excellent terms with them, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and then she, you know, air and darkness, right? So it's totally her domain. Hi! But... Who are you? Oh, hi. They're on Sparta. Intruder. I swear, I okay, time so... I thought it was in 15 minutes. Yeah, every time <laughs> it's in 15 minutes. That's why You'd I confirmed think... what time it was yesterday. Seriously. You'd think after, like, the third time that it happened. Anyway, no. so... So they get back to the apartment. What what next? Because um, we kind of rewind and then jump okay. forward and then we don't know. Butters was talking about Harry is limping. He has that Nobody cut cares. on his leg that is mm-hmm. bleeding and bleeding and never stopping bleeding. I don't have time to bleed. 
Yeah. Yeah. From the uh, Lacuna, uh, dirt. As soon as they walk through the door, Lacuna's like, you can't let them have the pizza. I want oh, to right. fight them for the pizza. You can't let them. Mm. Right. Tooth fairy confirmed. Mm. Yeah. Well, the children and candy thing was pretty, pretty out there too, you know, like in case you have any questions like do you know what tonight is children and <laughs> so yeah it's a great little moment when uh i think thomas tells her to calm down or something he, she turns to him like you aren't important <laughs> right <laughs> which i mean that's not untrue <laughs> what do you mean thomas is like one of the best characters but yeah. he's not important there are stories where he's important you know when it's heavily focused on him and their relationship and then there's stories where he's tangentially important like changes where he just kind of hats up and is there right i mean he's yeah he's always going to be there like murphy's always going to be there right because his family oh god i hope not but but he's only like Mm. really really important with uh you know white white court stuff so otherwise he's just like yep okay there's thomas with his rape or or when he's being kidnapped and pretending that he's going to fall to the dark side again and then never does stop it he's still eating people it just hasn't been addressed yet because harry's also a monster so he's not and killing, also they're kind he's of not killing it. people he's he just addicting them than dropping dropping yeah. them the other, I, didn't he was say, only... I didn't say killing i said eating there's difference <laughs> ask your girlfriend <clears throat> excuse me so see yeah i mean that's that. just that's just really a really rude reminder to me that i don't have one so that's all that's all you got out of that. i don't know your life you're hurting me in here I'm sorry. We'll talk about it after. I'll give you a hug yeah. to make up for it. So the director still can't <laughs> get composure. So, so uh, <laughs> EG, you're going to have to take over for like the next 20 minutes while she composes. Yeah. Okay. So, so they talk about stuff. Lacuna's there. She dismisses um, yeah. Thomas. Yes. Lacuna marks the spots that there are ritual Mm-hmm. being set up they dispatch the vikings to one and the race team to the other because there's the third one that harry is figuring out like he can't move in straight lines they have to go all squirrely and around and that's how they put together the boats this action. is where boats 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 mm-hmm. come in and i mean Starts this makes sense it gets so glossed over in the story but i think it's such a badass thing that it's like so we get we we already know marcone's got his strike team because we've used them before right and we get a, a tangential reference to Laura has people that have like a quick response for kind, kind of see the them parents. on the island, right? That one time. True, they maybe. Fly in with a helicopter. But those were her sisters, I thought. Yeah, I thought that so, was her sisters. You know, I so. feel like there was mention of White Court, like more more things on the skirmish somewhere. Could at could some be. point. There's but a they, lot of shit happening. But there, we've definitely seen her sisters in actions with, uh, yeah, with Turncoat especially, but. Um, but it's just fun to be like, yeah, we're going to send these badasses over here and these badasses over here, and then we're going to still deal with the real fight. But those other fights were still big enough that we had to send two different teams of badasses to deal with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, cause you know that whatever the white court, like just, I can just think like underworld type scenes where you've got like these, you know, pale trench coat wearing vampire badasses just running around killing shit. So you know, just whatever. Sorry, I'm a nerd and I like those movies. It's okay. Well, oh, gosh. They were good until... <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah, I think I like, like the first every two, Underworld maybe. movie. So, I, think I, like, I like all of them. The second no. one was pretty terrible at the end, but the first one was pretty good, especially. Anyway, so, badasses go places and then Harry realizes, wait a minute, 
I'm being had again because I'm an idiot, but this time I'm going to use it against them. So this time, Harry, Harry of, this time, Harry went big brain. Harry kind of puts together that Ace is still trying to fuck with him and right. goes into that backstory a little bit of Summer Night, um, which I think is more just a function of trying to make it seem more fitting a few paragraphs later when he figures out what is really going on and that he's the one who's supposed to kill Maeve because of the symmetry of killing Aurora. And mm, it seems more like it's trying to like highlight it in a way to make it seem more fitting. So otherwise I don't I know. I think Ace is just a dick. So. Yes, but. <laughs> like what, I so what? Uh, remind me what his motivations are because like he's so hollow that all he is is a pain in the ass. You know, they, they, Terry took away his family. Yeah, oh, so okay. Meryl died, and Lily became. There was summer. no personal responsibility. It was all Harry's fault. Became summer. Well, that's gotcha. the same with everyone. Well, that that and it's like that Daddy doesn't needs explain to love me, right? enough so. because like it's it, there's an irrationality on Ace's part because in Summer Night he's the one who hired the tigress, right? Right. Or right. Or yeah. So that's if, that's Andres's point. Well, he go he goes full on Anakin. You know, you turned her against me. Like it's all like it's all his. I mean, granted, he's half red cap, so he's not yeah. And but out of anyway. fear, he was throwing in with uh, Mab because he wanted to be protected, and then all of his friends either died or hated him, and he's blaming it all on Harry because he doesn't want to take personal responsibility. Gotcha. Okay, so it's like it's like let's blame everything on Tony Stark. Got it. So. Right. Be like, well, that's, I there, mean, there were already monsters. Bad shit was going to happen. Like, if Harry didn't intervene, right, the world would have ended. It wasn't going to go out in like some fiery explosion, but like through all the actions, this was going to culminate in like everything, you know, changing in, in a huge way. But you know, it's Harry's fault because he because he killed Aurora. So well, the next book, it's his fault too, and that's why Butters gets to do whatever he wants with impunity. But let's not go down that road for now. That's it's okay when it's okay when butters problem. do it. So, okay, all right. So whatever. Ace sucks. Yeah, and he's largely irrelevant to the story, no matter what. So what's <laughs> what's next? Because yeah. they do they go to the island yet, or is there more prep work? Well, um, he's got to do the wild hunt chase first. Well, the, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of prep work, and after they so they decide where the different like uh, attack teams are going, and they figure out that they need to go to the the boat and get that prep so they're going to demon reach and harry starts sending everyone off until he is alone in molly's apartment with karen like he gives them all jobs to do and molly realizes she's being kicked out to go take mouse for a walk right so he can have a few minutes alone with karen right and that's when he kind of like has an emotional breakdown over maggie and everything and finally puts together what mother summer was trying to tell him well, okay, but we're also skipping over a part two because isn't this the part where like Karen calls him out, or did that already yeah. happen? No, no, this is the part. I mean, okay, because kind of skipped Karen... over the fact that he was like intimidating Sarissa and Mac, trying and to... and Murphy, you know, because because she like gets in his face and at one point she's like, "And you can't have the swords back," and he's like, you know, he's like going to lose his shit. So that was before. Okay, yeah, that's... that was when he, she also demanded the skull back. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. But. uh He's deciding. And then he gets all territorial and backs down, right? Yeah. She does that to him. She, like, forces him to realize that he's being a dick mm -hmm. and he backs down. And that's what she does throughout this book, mostly. Well, I mean, she saves him, too. Yeah. But, 
but like and and she's got to bring the motorcycle because he can't drive so <laughs> yeah but um about this thing with sarissa and mac is harry says like i don't know what you guys are doing but there's that thing of friends and enemies keeping them close and closer so you guys are coming with right which does even well because they go they go to like the cottage later right or something like that because it's like i think matt gets mentioned exactly like one more time the rest of the book Um, oh because he gets shot he got shot um but he was just kind of he was there just kind of like helping people up the island a few times yeah i mean he does what he doesn't really get involved it's just then uh maybe shoots him and says it's ironic and then Mav later pulls the bullet out and he heals himself. Bitch doesn't even know what irony is. I think it would be ironic if we were all made out of iron. Okay, so. Uh, there's the one thing when Harry was asking Mac, is like, I don't suppose you want to tell me who you are. And he says, no, that's mine. Right. It's for me to know and you to find out at a later book date. Yeah. Probably right. at the apocalypse because if God, we don't find out before that. Songs, if we don't find out in peace talks it's going to be the bat that's yeah, where probably. everything else happens there so is that's only... the one thing that doesn't happen in peace talks yes there Fine. is no bat only peace talks right right so then they get kicked out to oh, go stand outside peace and... talks is going to be like civil war that's why everything's happening there because it's like avengers 2.5 hmm. it's because like everybody's going to be there and all this crazy shit's going to happen okay continue the director okay. hasn't seen those movies, so she doesn't get that reference. I've seen or this one. most of them. <clears throat> she just has no soul and doesn't appreciate them. She's eh, give or take. All right. Emotional breakdown with Karen because... Because uh, we need one of those every book, too. Yeah. And vulnerable. I think she has a lot of good points that he's trying to ignore of like, yeah, my dad said that of later, not right now, and then he was dead. She's already 10. He hasn't had any time with her. So he should take the chance when he can. There was this one time they went on a field trip to Chichen Itza. Yeah. And that was a good moment. And all she got was her mother in a hole. Sometimes you just say <laughs> things that I like. <laughs> Make oh, you, you cringe. It, I think. Come no, on, just after, after like five years of reading that book and you know it destroying your soul over and over again, it's it's like counting primes when you see the skinwalker, right? Just eventually yeah. you get desensitized. Like what Rashida said, you, you get it, used to it. Right. That book still breaks my heart every time. Oh no, yeah, for sure. But I mean I'm not reading it now, so I can crack jokes. <laughs> so yes, okay. So he hasn't spent time with his ten year old girl, which is which is the part that still breaks my mind too, is like I don't feel like he writes her like a 10 year old, but like, cause I feel like she's still so much younger. Um, but in, in zoo day, she's, she's much more capable, but at least, you know, well, cold so you don't get to see her day. much in changes. You don't see her at all in this book. Yeah. And when we see her in skin game, she is very nervous and vulnerable. That's fair. It's normal to like act a little bit younger that way. That's fair. I've never been a vulnerable little girl, so you'll have to tell me. It's just the way everyone reacts when they're vulnerable. And especially a kid is probably going to regress a little bit to something that's more comfortable, to like hanging on to mouse and stuff. I didn't understand that. So Karen says, go give your girl a hug after this. And then, and then, he then we all sing Kumbaya. And then... Well, he's going on about how he can't bear to hurt her 
even any more than he already has. So maybe he should stay away because she's his little girl. And that's when it pieces together. Like, yeah, Mab asked him to kill Maeve because she doesn't want to hurt her own girl. Right. And somehow that makes the outsiders make more sense over the fact that Mab hasn't destroyed the world yet. So yes, Maeve is the one who's lying and is crazy when he could have figured that out earlier. Yeah, like chapters ago and mm-hmm. Harry's not very smart. We already know this. Like, yeah. he's... You know what the problem like, is? His, his id definitely knew. Right. If you yeah, would just talk to them. He's smart-ish, you know, and like he gets there eventually, but it's the eventually part that makes it less smart. So. Well, if he was smart, then there would be no plot. True. I don't know because yeah. in skin game we see what happens when he's smart and that's way more fun right but that's yeah. different because that plot was we're all under the assumption he's not being smart you can only do that so many times too right well because I think I think if Dresden were smart he'd be like a Mary Sue right he'd just be so stupidly powerful that like yeah. well no because there's people who like I, I would say people like Ebenezer are easily 50 times smarter than him but that doesn't mean they're not they don't have their blind spots. Blind spots, yes, but at the same time, too, like Ebenezer is he he isn't he's not Mab, right? But he starts to be so high up there that he's limited in his power and his responses. And I'm sure he limits himself because you know the last time he didn't Tunguska, Krakatoa, uh, satellite Dresden. You know what what was the Castle Castle Verde? What Castle Verde? Yeah, Castle Verde. That's yeah. So, um, but yeah, well, that so, one was at least personal. And that, yeah, that one was only like a 4.0 on the Richter scale. So, you know, like they felt that in a neighboring village, but not like on the other side of the world. Anyway, I'm. They can't all be world altering events. Right. Sometimes it's just a brist from the sky. So once he decides that it's time to move out, they get into their various. Uh, automobiles and go off and Molly gives him a leather duster, brand new one Inverness coat apparently and security guy helped her order it off the internet with Thomas's credit card Right Yeah. Which means that happened like very recently, right? Yeah, no, she did it that morning (laughs) to be delivered that day for that moment. Right. Yeah, it was like a delivery of four hours Right. So it, it probably costs like, you know, eight times as much to have it delivered as it did mm-hmm. in the first place. So, yes. But and doesn't she start, doesn't she make some quip about bad to the bone at that point? So, yeah, she started yeah. singing the song and he was like putting it on and stuff. Right. But I was thinking later, because it's been a while since I got to the end of this book of not trying to get ahead of it too much. Right. When he walks through the force field, does that coat burn up? No. Because I thought I thought he had already taken everything off. Yeah, he gets he gets naked and puts mud on himself. Yeah, okay. Right. Because it's like so he, he does... did go through it naked because he was fighting Fix naked. It's like did he did his clothes burn off? No. Or yeah, no. Even, he, he, even, he, even he had to make himself part of the island. Uh. Right. Exactly. If it's not of the island, which I mean, I get the clothes thing, but like because he's got a bond with the genius loci, I would uh, I would have written in that he, it makes him part of the island. But I guess the naked covered in mud part is neat too. Well, I think it, <laughs> now he is. Like if it happened again, since he has been there for a year and learned the island's defenses and stuff, he could probably do it now. Right. Maybe. That's fair. Or at least, like, have a little sliver portal open up. Well, let's hope. But 
it's going to be um, really funny when he fights Cthulhu in the buff. So, I mean, listen, that's how the book started. <laughs> the first demon we ever see him fight, he's butt ass naked too. Might as well keep doing it. That's a really good point. That's that's a really good point. That time he was handicapped though because he had just gotten out of the shower. So minus ten to your spot check. Well, that and so. Susan was proving that she's ever the capable person by taking the wrong potion. Right. So I blame Bob though. Mm. I listen. Bob is who he is. The fact that right. Harry indulged him is his problem. Right. Well, not just that, but I mean, Bob's an opportunist, right? So like he's like Bob help her drink the potion obviously bob's gonna make her drink the potion that he wanted her to drink in the first place mm -hmm. like duh what do you think was gonna happen you didn't because you were running for your life okay <laughs> so bag of the bone so, yes they, they they get to the dock with the water beetle and sundown happens and it's a moment that harry can actually pay attention to and uh that's when they start noticing the wild hunt horns. is coming And Thomas is explaining a little bit of what's going to happen, join hunt, hide or die, and water isn't going to be enough of a deterrent. They'll just run straight over it. And Karen asks, how do you know? I joined. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. About yeah. that. So there, there were enough of a danger. Harry tells Thomas to get on the water beetle and go, and he stays. And Karen gets on her bike and says, get on the bike, bitch. And they start running through Chicago with the hunt after them and he's got the Winchester rifle and he manages to put a bullet into the Earl King, although that might've just been planted <laughs> or really, really leveled in his favor in a way that he didn't know at the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, so they lead them on a merry chase and you know, that's, it's great scenes. They, I think um, they shoot one muted. of the dogs. Yeah, there you go. You're like, why do they keep talking over me? Because we weren't. But it's because yeah. we're American. Um, <laughs> so, so they shoot one of the dogs, and it turns out it's a people. And then they shoot one of the riders, and it turns out it's the Earl King. And then he he tussles with one of the other ones, and it turns out it's Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, wait a minute. So I defeated you, but I'm kind of getting the feeling that you could have annihilated me. So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing you threw this. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he takes over the wild hunt. So. Yes. Well, once he gets the, he defeats Kringle and he's like, does this huge intimidation show to the rest of the hunt. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it starts like that smoky magic calls over the motorcycle and makes it a jaguar, right? Yeah. Which is impossible, by the way. Magic, magic doesn't work like that. No, Harry says it himself. It's literally impossible. Magic <laughs> isn't supposed to work this way because every other book is magic isn't supposed to work this way. Sure. Well, yeah, Harry's understanding of mortal magic, but that's not exactly mortal magic now, is it? Nope. First. It's also a ritual, I, I'd imagine, uh, on some level. Like, it's some really big shit. Like, I, I'd imagine even the Dark Hollow isn't as big and spoopy as what the Wild Hunt is. You know? Well, the Wild Hunt was going to be absorbed into the Dark Hollow, so... Right. But I'm just saying, you know, on, on reference of, like, levels of magics and the technical details, like... I mean, in a way, the Wild Hunt's probably even just literally a force of nature, and it works that way because that's the way people would expect a Wild Hunt to work. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun. Don't think about it too much. So, so they get... What? Go ahead. Well, it's just, it, yeah, it shouldn't work. It's very magic in the 
motorcycle is steel. Shh. <laughs> Shouldn't work. Touchdown. Yeah. The wild hunt's not fairy magic necessarily. Just... No, he's a fairy. He, he's he's not the de facto owner of the wild hunt. It's like sure, it's whole, no, that's not the like problem, but it's it's in the sphere of fairy. I don't know. Is Odin in the sphere of fairy? Partially. No, that's why he does that? Because why he does Kringle instead? Who is uh -huh. a fairy? It's because he's also like real mythology wise, uh, like a leader of the wild hunt. So what what should really bake your noodle is he's going to have to have two different sets of armor because when he is Kringle he can't touch steel, but when he's Odin he has no such weakness. Let's stop thinking about this too much because we're going to be here all night. <laughs> so it forms around the Jaguar. You know why? Because it creates a warp bubble around the motorcycle so that the fairy magic is able to manipulate the gravitic fields around the motorcycle without well, it wasn't really... touching. <laughs> it wasn't really the whole process that was supposed to be impossible. It was just kind of the, uh, like, it turned into a Jaguar and he comments that it's not a sentient force that does things of its own volition. It wasn't supposed to be art any more artistic than electricity. So, Magic in general or the wild hunt? Magic. Right. Magic but was I mean, not some kind of partially sentient force that did things of its own volition. It wasn't any more artistic than electricity. But the hunt is carrying out the will of its wielder, though, right? Well, he might well, be being helped. Point, Harry might have taken the hunt, but if like the Earl King is like controlling, oh. helping it along as much as he needs to, which and, we see later, like yes. he, he basically gives it back to them so that they can mm -hmm. go, yeah, actually kick and, some ass. Like they gave him this opportunity to take the power. They're going to help him, like not have to worry about some of the other details, maybe. Like so gravity. they make it fit what it needs to be. Yeah, it's like co-leadership. Yeah, yeah. The, the three of them are essentially running the show. Right. Yeah. And did you see it also later? Once they are running over the water and they kind of point out that the time is moving against them. And if you would like, we can take care of this for you, but you have to tell us. Right. I forgot about that. Cause like, you know, Kringle disappears. Right. And then he's like, where did he go? He's like, oh, about two weeks. Well, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, in the future, we'll see him downstream. And, and it's just such a great moment about that, too, because it's basically like, I, I would guess he diverts the, you know, time being sent against them part, you know, and yeah, gets yeah. wrapped up in the eddy, so to speak. But Let's see, what did know. they say? It's, it's a temporal pressure wave that's being pressed against them. Uh, Which is great that, like, the yeah. Earl King is using language like this. <laughs> if it is your will, Kringle said, we can set our hands against it. They do it, but Kringle has to be left behind. I thought he was running at the slower time frame in order to push Harry and the rest of them ahead. Right, which is why- To lift us out, Harry. he had to remain us remain behind. He will rejoin us farther down the shore. Right, okay. yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the two weeks thing is, is my creative license, no. but it's- But like, like, he's moving at the time frame that Maeve is pushing, I think. Right. Okay. Yep. So, so there's that. Then the actual fighting starts. Well, ish. You know, they they find out that there are barges with tugboats, and mm -hmm. there really is boats, boats, boats. And that the ritual is taking place on these three barges, and their likely intent is to smash the barges into the shore. 
so they take the wild hunt and start like attacking the boats and they deal with the cultists that are on the on the ship which we gloss over which i kind of feel like there's some clues there but okay whatever as to where the hell did they get the cultists and what are they doing right like are they yeah that was weird but are they um you know are are they the circle or black council or whatever or are they just brainwashed or whatever else you know so um earl king totally fucks up a boat with his goddamn sword which is fucking amazing so he just like slashes it with a sword because he's like can we sink a barge and he goes wizard please Like, this is not even the biggest thing I've killed today. Like, <laughs> <Probably not. laughs> oh, yeah. And Karen, like, kisses him right in the middle of battle. Right. Just because. Um, they, yeah, going attack and all the barges. Because she, she felt the the boner. So she, she was like, well, he's, he's up for this. This is the best show we've ever recorded anyway. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so there's that then they they kind of realize like they need to actually disrupt the magics that you know attacking the barges directly isn't going to do enough um so they need to work on sinking them or getting on the ships at some point he winds up on the ship and at some point he gives the wild hunt back to the earl king because like harry's not really he doesn't he's not focused on the right things right he's using the hunt as a weapon and being like okay fight there fight here whereas the earl king is like how about we just kick everybody's ass at the same time yeah. and it's like okay yeah do that you know because they also find out like shark face shows up after they divert the first barge with a bunch of actual literal outsiders like an army of outsiders and i just these days i envision the freaking scene from uh, the from avengers infinity war where they're like pushing through the shield and shit those little you know, dog face fucks. I can't remember what they're called, but writers. Well, sure. <laughs> That's um, what so, called. in in Infinity War, mm-hmm. the outriders. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, so them pushing against the island's literal defenses and whatnot, and then the Earl King unleashes the Wild Hunt on them, and then and and Harry has a at, nice chat with Cat Sith. At some point, so they're attacking the barges, and then they get caught in that glamour that Sharkface put on them. And Harry was suddenly being tortured and Mab was like uh, chiseling his teeth, but he noticed that it smelled oh, of yeah. steel. Like that can't possibly be right. And so it was a glamour and he right. screamed his name at Sharkface. Right. Which there was actually like a word of Jim about that, which is pretty funny because he's like, wait a minute, didn't he like scream his entire full name at, at the outsider? It's like, he's not always smart. Like, you know, like but yeah, there's... he did do that. What do you think's right. going to happen? Right. But there is, there's also something about it, like the the intent and in, in the way that Harry approaches it in the story, right, is that he he did it to elicit the true name from the outsider, that supernatural creatures kind of have to respond with mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so that's when you get, like, isn't he, he, he's Harbinger and he's, you know, Gatebreaker and all this other stuff, right? So we get, like, his... Harbinger Gatebreaker. What else is he? What does he say? Fear giver, hope slayer. Yeah. And then he who walks before. Boy's got some titles. Lots of people have titles. He's got like a lot, a lot of titles. He also had some pretty cool titles. I'm just going to say. They're kind of good. 
He he kind of looks like a dope, but yeah. yeah. Does he actually like if we ask the other outsiders, are they like, yep, that's his title, that's him, or is he like he's just boasting? I don't know, like some of them are just like they're okay, fear giver, hope slayer, that sounds cool, but the one that actually seems more intimidating now is gatebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one that gets me. Yeah, that's like... that's the big one right there. Right. Well, it's also clearly the most unearned, unless he's talking about like Gates. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening yet. It says here on your resume that you've got 13 eons of gate breaking experience, but here we are, not inside reality. So just saying. Would you like to explain that discrepancy, please? Yeah. Can we contact your previous employer? No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what do you mean you got banished? <laughs> that shit's important. All right. Yeah. So. So they have they have a little battle of wills and it's you know kind of interesting because yeah. we suppose that some of this might be attributed to his whole being starbornness. So. Right, because as soon as he breaks out of it and it seems like Karen got out of something as well, mm-hmm. probably it's done by him. And then Earl King says, "Well done, starborn." Like that doesn't mean anything. No, no. It's how has Harry not questioned this year? Seriously, because he's the dumb. plot does not yet call for it. <laughs> Right. It just, this is just where, like, you know, same reason just, he doesn't know who Cal and Kumori are, why Little Chicago got fixed. These are not yet plot relevant. You know, but some of the things is like he can't, he can't. Okay, some of the things it's like okay, he can't really like, like seek anyone to like to get the. I just feel like this should have been mentioned in the books at some point. It's like Starborn. I'm being called this. What is it? Just so at least he wondered about it. He's never thought about it. No, and it's no, he just hasn't. yeah, and it's right. just bordering on absurd. I think no, because uh, one day when it's finally time to come to it, he's gonna be like, "I've been thinking about this for a number of years, liar." And <laughs> gonna go on like a whole tangent in his narration about how he's actually been doing research. Remember, he's he's an imperfect narrator, right? So he's he's Harry himself is holding it back because it's more dramatic this way to the story. I mean, he's totally he's, not Jim. Harry slash Jim, queen. yeah, is definitely holding it back because it'll be better than running. And Harry would, he would write his case drama. files and then he hold it back. It, well, he, he admits 50 times it's like crack to wizards, even the small things. Right. Yeah. It's like, like what you have for breakfast. Keeping, keeping I'll secrets. never tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's Fruit Loops, or at least for several months there, it was Fruit Loops. It's, gotten fruit loops. it's either that or it's like hot dogs, not heated on a. On like between toasts, he does that oh, several times. It's a too. can of Coke. That's his breakfast. No, and and a can of Coke. <laughs> Only and when he's some, got the extra dollar. And some though. burnt offerings from Molly. Yeah, when he has to start eating healthy, turkey bacon. I mean, right. oh no, that that shit's a crime against mankind. So. Just <laughs> don't eat bacon. If you want to be healthy, just don't eat it. No, that's. So I, mean, I, I would never, I would never advocate for not eating bacon, but at least don't substitute with, with turkey bacon. I mean, oh, there's yeah, body healthy, not. but then there's soul healthy, and bacon is soul healthy. As you can see, me and Jacob were soul healthy. <laughs> if, if you've eaten bacon, it's already too late because my doctor told me that every piece of bacon I eat takes six minutes off of my life, which means that I should have died in 1492. <laughs> So you know how to do all that time travel thing? Did you fix Little Chicago? <laughs> Just saying. By no, God, Holmes, you're Because sold. what the doctor doesn't understand is it adds to your soul life. So it takes six minutes off your body life, but you're like <laughs> your eternal soul just keeps you going. Right. I mean, so the answer that's just to science. Right soul there. is bacon and not church. Yes. 
let's we're we're about to piss off like a billion people so they, well hey evangelical billion and more a bacon more, shut but, up yeah so <laughs> so this is the dresden files podcast we swear spoil everything and we talk a lot about bacon apparently so we'll put that in the warning bumper. Well, eating things in general possibly i see no issue with this what i mean people sign even, up for this podcast for bacon even vegans and raw fruitarians eat something so you know if if you're mad because we eat things then you must be an outsider like fucking humans they eat things shit. that are inside so everything. that's the reason the outsiders are coming in they don't have bacon in the void <laughs> just like all right we saw this y'all... everybody go home <laughs> If y'all can just open up the gate, it will be nice if we get so bacon. So if we just export right. the bacon, they'll be okay? Correct. So Harry Harry was right then. The the whole diplomacy thing, if I come to you with a bacon sandwich or a gun and ask you which one you want, that's my They're idea. They're going to take the bacon sandwich. Guns right. don't do shit to them. They're right. taking the bacon sandwich. <laughs> he, he really is the chosen one. I really feel like we got in. Uh, we understand the outsiders. Like, we've never understood them before. It really, it was simple. All it took was a little bit of common sense thinking. The the greatest part about this is that if we or one of our listeners goes to Jim and be like, so outsiders are after the bacon, he'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Like, what is wrong with you people? All no, right. there's, there'll be some little glint in his eyes like, oh shit, they fucking... <laughs> right, not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. It's the okay. bacon apocalyptic trilogy. That's what it stands for at the end. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So he gets on a barge at some point yeah, after so this fight. I think yeah, at some point, Karen was saying you don't need to destroy the barge. You just need to destroy the tugboats. And eventually he gets on a barge and gets on with fights with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this after he sent the Earl King off to like, you go kill things because Pretty he's... Sure. What he says is that Earl King guy seems a little do it yourselfy. Actually, she says that. But yeah. yeah, don't mind really, someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I, I remember the Earl King pretty much being like, uh, "You want me to take this over for you?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, do that." <laughs> so then, then uh, he gets confronted by Cat Sith at some point, and yeah, so isn't this where the- he says, "Get me a Coke"? So um, maybe I'm trying to. I'm scrolling down. I'm going through my ebook, okay? okay? All right. I'm uh, sorry. I'm going too fast. Well, he, when he gets on the barge and he kills some of the people, the cultists that are doing anything, he also attacks Ace. Like, he was one of the people on the barge. And this gotcha. might be, like, the last time we get to see him or something. Maybe Is that mentioned that Ace is there? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because he kills him. I mean, good riddance. I just I never really realized it's, that, I guess. Yeah, he's so forgettable. So... Uh, yeah i know it was there i'm trying to find it i'll find it eventually on part six i'll point it out (laughs) part 72 yeah and let's see cat sith and he goes with a wild hunt speech of join hide or die and he sith doesn't seem to know how to react to that and the real cat Sith wouldn't be having this conversation with me, you know, he'd have killed me by now. Right. So why do I still have a spine? And he does say that, get me a Coke. You heard me mittens, get me a freaking Coke and do it now. <laughs> and then he like freaks out. Yeah, he's, he's like, like vibrating in place and not <laughs> sure what to do. Because the real cat Sith is supposed to follow the orders and Nemesis mm-hmm. is trying to keep control, so. Yeah, but 
Cat Sith is like Leah and he wants to be what he is and following the orders of Mab is what he does. Right. This is also here where we the best example of like the discussion between uh, is Nemesis like straight up controlling or like more like influencing it's probably similar to how the denarians work some people work in tandem some people are obliterated um, yeah well, well i was thinking is it's kind of like subtly in giving them like for example with um what's her name mave giving her the ability to life free will of sorts uh but here once like okay the agent sith has been thoroughly busted uh, it just like it overrides him which um I'm like Sith is a pretty powerful supernatural being, so the question is if it, if it can do that for everybody. Well, or... not because Leah obviously figures out that she is, and she doesn't get just yeah she she gets out. free. She doesn't get overridden. Is it temporarily well, only like really fast or? Well, she's getting overridden at, at a few points, and you can see that like in um, Proven Guilty when she's her normal kind of creepy self and then she starts screaming to be let go and freed, and that's mm-hmm. obviously when she's being taken over. Right, but she yeah. knows enough to know that it's happening. So like, yes. she's obviously able to resist it enough to the point where she can get to Mab and seek help. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to like glaze her over right then and there like it does with Katsith because, I mean, let's face it, she's the second most powerful person in the active winter court. It stands to reason she'd be able to resist it long enough for that. Katsith yeah. is powerful, but he's not that powerful. Well, he he's hasn't had there, time. But when he gets blown off the boat, essentially and into the dark water i'm sure mad can find him he got injured on the line of duty of her orders i'm sure she feels she has an obligation to help him well i mean i like this idea and totally not the fact that cat sith is going to catch up to harry in a dark alley at some point because it it was funny i think it was like after the second time i read it it was either in this show or, or somebody else i was talking to and i was like oh shit he died off screen. He's totally coming back. Maybe it was a Q&A. Like somebody asked Jim about it and be like, so we never saw a body. And he, he's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. No, he says he got shot out of that window. He's obvious. He fell into the water. He's obvious. Yeah. No one can survive that. Right. So, right. so, so clearly alive. I found it. It is after um, Cat Sith has blown off the boat and Harry is using the Winchester and kind of sniping a little bit on the boat. And one of the people he kills there is Ace. Okay, so, so Ace oh. dies on the screen. Yes. So fuck him. He's gone. Yeah, no, that was the and just... there was the sound of the gun and then silence on the deck or whatever. Yes. Ace yes. actually is straight up got his head blown off. Yeah. Right. He's a sweet. Dead is Justin. So. And he used a gun, so he's clear with the council. Right. Ooh. Do Thanks we think Ace is gonna return as a ghost and haunt Harry? Yes, but not in the way that you think. So I don't think he's going to be actually a creature of ectoplasm and, and fear. I think he's going to be like, Harry's going to have to con- confront all of the people he killed at some point. And maybe, maybe when he goes to hell, like literally to hell, like, or the BAT. And... Considering how bad he felt from killing Corpse Taker, who was right. like, just like about as evil as it gets. Like I think he's gonna feel bad from for having killed these people. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's over stuff like that at this point. He's like Carl's not doing business. I mean, he has been doing this for a while. He's a little I bit. Just can't wait night. for the angst fest when he meets Susan in hell. Right. 
Oh my Ooh, god, I please like it. no. It's even better than I dreamed. Thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> yeah. I just I just, no. So Harry <laughs> jumps off the boat, lands on his testicles on the motorcycle, and tries to be all commanding. And it doesn't really work. Oh. <laughs> Uh, That's all you got. Uh, this is when he gives the Earl King the hunt back entirely, and they do that thing of changing from land creatures into like water oh, predators right. and go down into yeah. the water, which is where he, Harry he, could like go. riding an orca or some shit. So. Yeah, yeah, and like all of the, the hounds are turning into sharks, and Karen points out, uh, "This is a motorcycle. The magic's going away." Great. <laughs> so they do a small crash landing on the island. See what happens when your warp field destabilizes. You just Yeah. Anyway. Faster, works. faster, faster, faster. Or however it is. It's like uh we can't hit the beach at this speed. We'll pancake ourselves into the trees. And Harry says, I don't feel like taking a swim tonight. And she says, Stop being such a pussy. Stop being such a pussy. <laughs> that he just landed on his testicles with And then I think that's when the one of the last barges comes in, the one that they destroyed the tugboat for. Mm. And so it was more or less intact and they were using magic instead to get it to the island. The and that's outsiders the, were pushing it, I thought, right? He, something. They were definitely pushing it. Mm. And that was their last ditch attempt of that ritual. And the water beetle comes out of nowhere with right. the glamour and the we will rock you sound mix. And I think was it Mac or is it Thomas that was kind of keeping Molly upright because she was almost unconscious. Right. Okay. Do you hear strings? Sorry. <laughs> that is a good scene. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, he does. Harry did that thing again with the ice. Of like, the barge is coming in. And right. he freezes it with up. ice, the water, so that uh, he can't Mac. move anymore. Mac way more efficiently than the way he used to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, because he used to have to do it with thermodynamics as opposed yeah. to being able to... <laughs> which, was, which took a lot more energy. Yep. Right. Now, easy peasy. Ice and easy. So yeah, Mac is the one holding her up. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, like, so, so he's he's there, he's, he's helping, he just doesn't do much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get that he's neutral or whatever, but it I it always felt like, okay, and you two are coming with me, and then they immediately go in his backpack and we never see them again. And it's just like you at least mention that they're getting roughed up or that they, they yeah. duck and cover well, or something. I don't know. Sarissa's doing her best to hide, and right. Mac is just being who he is, very quiet, not doing much, but he is helping. He'll right like kind of tell you how many enemies they're coming with or get a shotgun if the necromancers are coming, but he's not doing whatever else he can do. Right. He can keep Molly upright. Because he's out. Yeah, whatever that means. It means he's out. Out of what? The job. Of great Out of bacon. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he does steak sandwiches. So, 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 sandwich. so, you say, so you're saying you can't get a steak sandwich with bacon? That's a little bit overkill. I mean, I, w- I would want a bacon in my sandwich. Steak and bacon work, operate on different parts of the soul wavelength. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so you time. so you please both both wavelengths at the same time. That's yeah. This is America, I, I, where if I want to, I can have bacon three times a day, and I can I can kill three different animals for one meal. Like, come on, that's that's the essence of being American, right there. So, Darn with cool. all the distraction that they're able to do with the water beetle, Harry blows Sharkface's head off with a gun. A soul fire infused bullet. It's not just a gun. Okay. And it's not like it kills him. It just destroys his body. And it's a Winchester. It's not just a gun. Come on now. All right. And then they have the then they have the mind battle. No, they had it already. They they had that already. already. This is the end. He blows his head off, and the essence the body like crumbles apart, and the essence goes shooting off into the water and screams and runs away, and it distracts them a little with its high pitched alien yelling. Right. Yeah, and then there are like things exploding underwater. Outsiders, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably getting eaten by other water things now. Sharks running around biting shit, reminding people that they're fucking sharks. Yeah. I mean, that would be hilarious if there were just like outsiders swimming in a frozen lake and suddenly sharks came up and started eating them for no reason. I mean, that's probably what they thought was happening, so. Yeah, well... So at this point, the hunt is going wild, and maybe that's because there's a wild hunt. Yeah, well, if they don't get off the water beetle and onto the island, they're probably going to get eaten too, because they're not going to pay attention to who's a friend or foe. All right, then they start making their way up because something is clearly happening at the lighthouse, Mm. but. If we stop now, it's uh, right about an hour, and we'd stop at the beginning of chapter 46. But we've only been going for 45 minutes. No, you've only been going for 45 minutes. What? Yeah. Some Maybe of in us European are professionals. Time. Yeah, we and... started on time. Yeah. Or we could just plow already... through it and end this book in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. No, I think we could. We're pretty close. You don't want it part six, really? I no, I really don't, but that's why I'm not the director. Well, I just I think we're gonna get stuck with all the tiny little details and argue about them. I mean what what else is Saturday? I mean you did just explain a Dresden Files episode right there. I didn't expect the tangent on bacon, I give you that. Oh, that took three minutes. (laughs) Variety is the spice of life. Bacon is the spice of the soul. Indeed. Part six? Yeah, it's up to you guys. I can hang uh, around, but if you want to just cut it. I think a part six would be best, and then that would be done around Halloween. Uh-huh. We're and then really skin games. Around Halloween. Be Halloween's on Wednesday. But yeah. Right. It was, wait, what? Fuck. We're definitely no, Thursday. Have to go longer. All right. So we're not doing it next weekend, are we? I don't fucking remember. It's every two weekends, maybe, if people can actually be bothered to show up. Oh, well. Mending it. Someone <laughs> plug shit. Well, you. You ended it. This you plug it. This has been the Dresden Files podcast. Uh, podcast of the Dresden Files. That's how Ben does it, right? So Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, no. Now you got to do it in a higher octave because he's off singing. This is the Dresden Files. No. Better. Uh, so we're part of the Broken Jars Network. We've got other podcasts. Uh, a lot of them are on hiatus. Yeah. I think Great Scott is still actually going on, right? I, so I they're so. A, 
podcast about the office. They talk about cubicles and things like that. Um, then we've got uh, Sim Talk. They talk about simulations. Um, and real so professional I, things. Yeah, like proper professional <laughs> podcasts, you know. They might Maybe not ties. like $12,000 professional, but like. Uh, Andreas, is your DMs Anonymous going on? Still? Yeah, we recorded an episode earlier today. Yeah. Oh, that's you what you were doing. Yeah, that's why he was Well, late. that was hours <laughs> before this. It was supposed to be plot creation and inserting player characters into the world. However, if you think we go off topic here, you should check out that episode. Because <laughs> I don't, I think we talked 10 minutes about that for an hour. And the rest was off topic. Off topic on what? General Dungeon and Dragons. Did we... we yeah, I think it was general, still RPGs, just a lot of other things. Okay. It's one thing about high fantasy, if you ever listen to it. We basically just turned it into the bitching session of whatever was irritating us that day. About in writing or in life? Yeah, it was generally fantasy related. It just like, this person irritated the fuck out of me, and that one's annoying too, and I think that author is being a dick. Speaking of which, should we spend a half an hour talking about Dresden's low fantasy? Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. You, did you it is low whole? fantasy. I it didn't is. Miss that's just how it is. That's his definition. I mean, that was easily like the second most inane conversation that's ever gone. <laughs> but if you want to join After these the inane conversations, you can give us a little bit of money and you can see it. Right? You can join yeah, us. And you can, you can chime in. We'll even sort of pretend to respect your opinion. And, and like when Brock asks us about his next crazy idea, you could be there and you could see it in real time. And you could ask us your crazy ideas like, Oh yeah, we should get the guy with the time traveling Murphy to give us money. That would be hilarious. <laughs> be like, can I just pay for his subscription so that he comes? No, mind. just for how ET. about how about the what if guy on Reddit? What if I paid for his so we can have him in so you can all answer his what if questions? You're gonna what if the what if guy? Can we just have can we just have the what if guy in the Discord? Right, okay, tell him to give us some money. It's just a dollar. Hey, Carl, wow, if you Carl Menace 2020, no, 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 no,